Oh, I've been recording. 20 minutes. Yeah. Oh, so Jesus, you haven't been recording? Oh. Oh, God. You would be recording. You're such a record. How dare you? Oh. Hey, I'm Joe. I'm Ken. I'm Batman. And I'm Dan. And we're the Rewinders Podcast, rewinding and punching bad guys in the face (laughs) to see if they hold up. And this time, we took our grappling hook and slowly descended in the background of a scene to show the audience we were there, but the, the crime people couldn't see us because they were watching Batman. Did that work? At least talking about him. Or we shot our grappling hook out of our car so we could turn a corner fast (laughs) into talking about Batman. (laughs) At a point in the vehicle that would not provide that much support for a sharper turn. I was was physically angry watching that scene, but we'll get to that later. (laughs) Not sure physics (laughs) approves of that moment, but... Uh I thought it was fine. Maybe it does. I don't know. Anyway, this was Batman, the 1989 version. Not the Robert Pattinson version? No. Not, not the one that no one has seen yet, but a, it's out now? No, it's not out yet. Is it? Next week? It's coming huh. out soon. Who knows? Okay. It's coming out. Another take on him, because we can't let him go. So who has some kind of history? I'm, I'm assuming most of us have a history of watching this when we were younger. Oh, hell yeah. Yep. Hell yeah. Younger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yesterday. This, this was a very, 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 very worn VHS. This was a VHS that was rented many times. I want to say I was probably a teen, maybe an adult already before I saw this, which is wiggity whack. I was like four or five, maybe. It's crazy, the difference. Yeah, this was the first movie that I went to go watch using the money out of my pockets that I had. I think I was nine when I went to go see it. My brother and I were just biking around. We saw it was being shown downtown at the movie theater, and we are like, go see Batman. And then we did. <laughs> and no one stole our bikes, and we didn't have locks for our bikes. So you're, you Whoa! mean the good old days, the days that, that Ken made fun of in, in Stand By Me, where people didn't steal your bikes. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. Population density. Bikes were stolen back then and thrown in the slough just like these days, but there's less people to steal bikes, so they'd steal less bikes. Yeah, if people would just stop having so many goddamn babies, they would. those babies would stop stealing bikes. <laughs> Baby bike stealers. Exactly. That sounds like an interesting movie. I'd, I'd be down for that. <laughs> Although, I'd want them stealing Harleys or something. Just babies riding around on, on fucking motorcycles. As long as it's not CG. Yes, no. Practical effects all the way. Practical effects, fully everything. Oh, we, we need this. We don't, though. Babies can't reach a clutch. Well, no, no. It'd be like it'd be like in the movies where like a baby's on the ground pressing the gas pedal, and another baby's up top yep. driving the steering wheel. Oh, yeah. There'd be a baby yes. popping the clutch, and there'd be a baby on each handlebar shifting their weight to turn. There's like three babies <laughs> per pant leg. Yeah, yeah, five babies in the trench coat. Exactly. Two exactly. or three babies in each arm. Exactly. Four four babies in a trench coat going to see an R-rated movie. That's <laughs> we need we need more of that. Oh God. So yeah, 1989. Um, that was a year after I was born. That was the year I was born. <laughs> so, what, what what month did it come out? 
must have been the summer if I was biking around. And I'm gonna say going June, to but I know it. I'm wrong. Just because almost everything comes out in June. June twenty third, nineteen eighty nine. Oh, holy crap! I was right. Look at that. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Almost nice. six months after I was born. That's fantastic. Wow. And you waited how long to watch it? I was like 10 before my parents let me see it. Wow. I was like five or six, and I don't know when Returns came out. Was that 92? Return was 92. Not, I remember very fondly going to see Batman Returns in theaters. I, I don't think I was scared more so. I think I was bored because <laughs> I just didn't. It was like my third or fourth movie in a theater. And I, I kept asking if I could go back to Grandpa's house. So my dad actually took me out right before the freaking movie, uh, got to like the middle scene, and I went back to my grandparents' house, and then I was bored at my grandparents' house, and they called the theater, <laughs> and I remember my dad came and brought me back, because <laughs> they somehow got a hold of him in the theater, <laughs> and he got he brought me back right at the end scene with the penguin and everything, it's just like, I, I feel bad to this day about that, <laughs> so I, I, I don't know, like they probably amped me up so much on the original Batman, and then to take me to the theater and have that travesty take place, I... <laughs> I still feel terrible. But we're not talking about return. I know, I know, I know. The the original, ironically for me, is actually somehow more scary seeing it again than the sequel is. I, which is funny because the sequel gets more of a rap for being more violent and dark. But I'll get into that a little bit later. But that's the interesting thing after watching this again. It's just, I, I can't understand where some of these comments are coming from. I, I can't wait to get into it. Well, I will say that it's probably simply because the penguin has black goo coming out of his mouth and he's eating fish. That's enough to push people over the edge. Like, this one didn't have any th- gross out humor like that i'm biting my tongue until we get into it i i want so badly to just start steamrolling things but i'm, wait, I'm gonna wait <laughs> okay <laughs> so if you have not seen the 1989 batman which seems weird but it's very possible <laughs> these days it kind of goes like this there's a dude he's a bad guy he's crazy but not really that crazy because he was crazier in other movies than he was in this one but he's out there doing crime for like a gotham mob and if you don't know what gotham is uh it's it's like new york city but different dirtier kind of like metropolis gotham is dark metropolis is bright and colorful and no metropolis is across the river where gotham is dark and depressing yeah and like constantly overcast i i think joe's talking about the old sci-fi metropolis film is that what you're getting at joe the old <laughs> the old sci-fi metropolis movie it definitely shares a look with the old metropolis yeah I, I, I could see that 100 come to mind 100 percent. and this guy then has a man in a bat costume who can't save him from falling into a vat of highly toxic stuff and then he apparently quote unquote dies and then this highly toxic vat of stuff apparently drains out into the water around gotham unexplained (laughs) and then he comes out of the water permanently white permanently with green hair permanently with a huge smile and then decides you know what i wasn't crazy enough i'm gonna be more crazy and do crazier things and kill more people and then the guy in the bat suit basically chucks him off of a church. 
Oh yeah, and there's some reporters in the middle that are kind of boring. Oh yeah, Joe, I'd like to comment on the uh, the vat. I would like to imagine that the vat is full of all the negative comments from the trolls that were angry when they heard that Michael Keaton was cast as Batman. <laughs> and they were right. That's what they did with all those comments. Oh no, I, I will fight you. <laughs> but anyways, we'll go. We'll go. Yeah, this, this is Batman. This is Batman. George Clooney is my Batman. <laughs> God. I, I guess he, he's better than the wooden Val Kilmer. I watched Tombstone for the first time two days ago and was blown away by how good it was, so... I don't not like Val Kilmer, just I don't like him as Batman. Yeah, Val Kilmer's great. Mm-hmm. Val Kilmer, Batman, mm-hmm. problems. What is it that you like about this Batman movie? Oh my god, the, the, the aesthetics. Like, hitting the nail on the freaking head. When I think of Gotham City, I think of this and I think of the animated series. That is Gotham City to me. It's a living, breathing, crazy-ass art deco city that said... So many revisions on top of revisions. It's a living, breathing city because it's a building with building pieces on top of it that obviously wasn't torn down. They just keep adding crap to things. And it's just, it looks like the city has gone through how many years of just expansion without actually the foresight of what's going anywhere. They just keep piling crap on top of each other. It's dark. It's seedy. It's disgusting. It's, in some spots, nice and pretty and beautiful. But it is, it's Gotham. And... I think that's the big thing that I really found with this this viewing is the other Batman movies, they really tones it down to make Gotham really kind of feel more like Chicago or like New York. And I get it because that's where, you know, it's filmed Chicago, but, or not Chicago, um, oh, where was it? Madison? Not Madison. Milwaukee. Milwaukee. I, I swear I'm from Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Gotham being a character of Batman has been slowly eroded and, and, and split from the, the movies as time's gone on, and that really upsets Have me. Have you seen the trailers for the Robert Pattinson Batman? I have, and that's what's got me excited about that movie if I had to actually say something about it, because at least the city feels like a character again. It has not felt like a character since, I would argue, Batman Forever. It just doesn't feel the same. Like, this movie, the aesthetics were standing. I mean, yes, there's a lot of matte paintings. Yes, there's a lot of things that still don't show up nowadays, but this is... <laughs> This is the, like, chef's kiss. This is the de facto Gotham City when I think about Batman. I'll take a matte painting and a model of a building and blowing them up over CG almost any day. Because it has reality. Yeah, especially 1989 CG. Yeah. Although that's not CG, that's hand-painted. True. Those searchlights are hand-painted. Oh. I was talking about when the Batmobile uh, puts the shields on. It looks fine, but because it's so simple. That's probably stop motion. Oh, what year was uh, Escape from New York? Because that wasn't CG for the uh, flight scene. That was all, you know. That was peak visual graphics right there. Well, I mean, look at 2001 Space Odyssey. Oh, yeah. That's CG. Yeah, the the stuff they pulled off is incredible. Most things feel more rooted and attainable for you to experience when it's not CG. Yes. We haven't gotten to that point yet where CG... It gets close. And that's because, yeah, it gets close. And I don't care how many more muscles are moving on a dinosaur now or saliva, you know, strands going between teeth. Movies in the 90s that were just figuring shit out with CGI did it right where they sprinkled it in where it was necessary but continued to use practical effects elsewhere. That's why it looked so damn good and continues to still hold up. New movies, you replace everything with CG, you eventually just have actors standing around on green screen with nothing to do. It's not fun for anybody at that point. I mean, shit, Peter Jackson made Ian McKellen cry on the, on the set of The Hobbit. 
it's 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 not fun when you're just sitting alone in a green screen it it, it takes all the joy out of acting i'm sure there's some people who enjoy working alone yeah probably bruce willis he loves collecting <laughs> paychecks that's for sure but on the same topic of aesthetics the uh going into the movie i thought I remember the Joker aesthetic just being cartoony. weird and kind of awkward. Yeah. But going into it this time, yeah, the cartoony definitely showed itself. He did a lot of like posing. I'm like, man, no, this really is a great looking Joker. Whether or not he acted like the Joker all the time is up for debate, yeah. but he looked great. There's a total yeah. reason why Heath Ledger and Mark Hamill base their Jokers off of Jack Nicholson's Joker. I mean, yeah, he really set the stage. He took it from being goofy, clowny 60s Joker and made it more cynical and, and daring and I, I think for me the the point where it really shines because yeah there's a lot of good scenes with the joker in this film i'm gonna go out on a, a limb here and i'm gonna get more into it with the negative stuff but for me a majority of the film i didn't like the way it was shot i didn't like the cinematography but the scenes with jack nicholson the scenes with the joker every single scene he was in just basically commanded attention where he had to stop and watch my favorite standout scene out of all of them though is I, I, again with Tim Burton and his amazing commercials <laughs> like Beetlejuice <laughs> I freaking loved that entire ad with Joker hawking his his, his new and improved beauty products it's poison yes everything about that commercial was just it, it, it was just Joker in a nutshell it was beautiful it was fantastically done I, I love the humor in it I love the the tongue in cheek all of it it was so freaking good <laughs> And that certainly nails the uh, chaotic nature of the Joker more than him walking into a museum and breaking a bunch of shit. Like, that's just... Yes. That was a weird scene to me. It's like, aha, he's chaotic because he's destroying art for the reason of just destroying art. But when you have him just being a goofy bastard on a TV and talking about... Oh, uh, yeah, it's it's a lot different. It's a lot different. <laughs> right. It's more subtle. It's not like he's, you know, going up to a, a, a carriage on the street and stealing a lollipop from a baby and then looking at the camera and saying, I'm bad. It's, it's not like that. One is just destructive, and the other one is sowing chaos. Yes. That Batman off-screen shuts down a few scenes later. Yeah. I figured it out. Here's how what not to do. Although, the in-between time, seeing the people on TV without makeup, hilarious. Yes, dude yeah. zits all over his face because he, has, he hasn't been showering or doing whatever because they don't know where the stuff's coming from. I also like seeing cops wearing leather outfits yeah. for some reason that makes me chuckle so much like it's goofy it's goofy like but it. it's a cool aesthetic like it's not just your typical like black and blue it like it fits the art deco crazy noir style of batman in this in this timeline you got tommy guns you got that kind of outfit this timeline doesn't give you doesn't give you an exact time like where this is set because it feels like sometimes it's set in the like 60s yes. late 60s early 70s and then it jumps up into the the 80s and you're like wait what is this where are when are we exactly I, i've heard the exact same thing echoed about the animated series the animated series is timeless because it looks like it's straight up the freaking 50s but there's computers and everything you cannot tell between these versions of batmans when the hell it takes place because gotham is just in a league of its own that's just it shows how well everybody creatively went into making gotham a living breathing character it's not in a time it's not in a location that you know of it's just this fantastic place that you'd love to go visit. But you know what this Gotham's missing? Bat credit cards. Ooh. <laughs> we're going to go there. <laughs> no, you're oh. right. Like, not introducing silliness like that definitely makes this movie stand alone. It makes it its own little bubble of time, so. Exactly. I mean, other than, obviously, Prince being the entire soundtrack, I don't think you'd be able to pinpoint when specifically this movie is supposed to take place. 
if you were able to remove that from the movie entirely there's nothing else in here there's no ads <laughs> there's no like brands anything crazy in here that sets it apart you don't have like old beer bottles or old beer cans things like that you don't have old cigarettes it's just this wacky magical place it's it's pure movie magic and i love that it's very similar to when you see a science fiction movie from the late 70s early 80s that came out of the uk they have these big industrial era kind of dark aesthetics because everything is gloomy and whatever in the future. Mm-hmm. And it's very similar to this. And I I really love that aesthetic. And that's why when I started watching this movie, I just was like, it doesn't matter that the, you can tell it's a matte painting. I don't care. I love the aesthetic. Oh, for sure. Like Ace Chemicals looks so good. <laughs> just A- Axis? I, I applaud the team. Because it's a unique shape. It is. It's such a unique shape. Or Axis, Axis. Yeah, sorry. Ace Chemicals. And there's something Ace. to be said about using matte paintings in there it actually does add to the noiry aesthetic of the movie and it is kind of a cartoony movie so yes having backgrounds that aren't exactly looking real to me is okay absolutely yeah. you you have your standards you have ones that are obviously real you have the the wayne manor things like that you have establishing set pieces where they're inside buildings and you know that's that's all fine and good but it makes it that much more forgivable when you have the crazy ass matte paintings in the background is because everything in every scene is breathing so much life into what you're seeing. It's great. That kind of aesthetic is why I went into Sky Captain with uh. such high hopes. Oh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I think I made it 10, 15 minutes in. Yeah, I, I have never finished that movie. It was such a pretty looking movie, such a high hopes, and oh my god, it was so boring. <laughs> kind of like so Sucker bad. Punch. That that was a real glossy movie that looked like it was going to be incredible, and holy crap. I love Sucker Punch. Gorgeous, but <laughs> holy shit. Is that Gorgeous with punch. zero, zero substance. <laughs> it was gross. But anyways, yeah. The, the, god, I could gush about Gotham in this movie, and just how much it lent to the Batman animated series because Batman the animated series for me is the de facto Batman followed promptly by Batman Beyond yes followed promptly by Batman Beyond those two series are like everything to me and it's not nostalgia speaking on those because I have gone back and rewatched the animated series and beyond several times in the last couple years and everything still holds up there's still episodes obviously you know they suck but overall when you take the entire picture it's just it's so faithful to what the character is and just the execution is so well done that it will continue to live on and it's also spawned so many important things i mean batman and the animated series came from this movie and that's where we got obviously harley quinn and things like that so many spinoffs and things came out of that too it's just i i love 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 this movie and batman returns and batman the animated series because these three things together I, I feel like they nailed it in a way that hasn't been done since i think a harley quinn could have really made this movie a ton better yeah i i could see that i i would i'd like to have joker having you know like a side piece other than a tortured girlfriend <laughs> but, uh, other than the girl he's gonna kill next yeah although that is what harley quinn is often the only problem with all of this is that the tim burton batman movies are not canon i know what they are not is the 1966 canon yes 1966 batman is what i grew up on that in the 1966 tv series that's a thing that existed that's a lot of what i grew up on so that's the aesthetic i was going into it but then yeah the batman cartoon definitely formed a uh much better feel for the uh batman franchise for me but 
really watched a lot of that 1966 Batman. So much fun. So campy. ridiculous and dumb. Camp, good campy. Campy. That that's what the 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 original Batman series was. Was just that kind of camp. And they they tried to return to that campiness uh, with Shu, uh, Schumacher. Either way, they, Schumacher. Yeah, he he made two films that was going back into camp, and it was like Meh. time and a place, bud. Meh. We already had gritty Batman. We can't really move on from that too much. Well. They're trying to do it again. Yeah, but the Robert Pattinson Batman is gonna it's it's not an it's not an origin Batman story. It's gonna be existing like you're not we're not getting like something that was this like the events of this movie or something that, that brought Batman to the, the place that he is. No, you're we're he's already in the place that he is and we're just along for the ride. I like that. I like that a lot. And it, it's it's the same thing with Spider Man. It's like how many times are you gonna show Uncle Ben dying? It's like we get it. That's what happened. It's the same thing with this. You don't need to continuously show the but death they, of... But uh, they didn't kill Uncle Ben in this one, in the new ones. It's worse. I know. It's they, they got a new worse. twist. What? I know. Spoilers. Spoilers. Yep. Anyways, that's one thing I loved about this movie. You open it up, a kid, his parents, walking around the street looking all scared and shit, and the first thought in your head is, that's weird. That doesn't look like a really wealthy, affluent Thomas Wayne like, this looks like a bumbling idiot. He, he doesn't look like somebody who's got shit tons of money. And then they, they, they pull the trick on you where it's not them. They say his name is Harold. I'm like, Harold? That's not exactly Harold Wayne? What the hell? They pull a fast one on you. They think, they're, they think you're going to cap off the movie right in the beginning with that death scene. And it's like, no, this is just Batman coming in. But this is the first one. Can you do expectation subversion when there is no expectation? Well, I mean, they have the 60s series. They have the 60s movie. You know the background of Batman. Like, if you've, been, if you've read any of the comics... Okay, sure. So, if you read any of the comics, yes. And I'm betting that's the people they're probably planning on being at this movie. Yeah. However, this was a giant movie, especially for the time when oh, there yes. were no superhero movies being made. And superhero movies being... Uh, taken seriously for sure. Are you saying the Superman series was not taken seriously? <laughs> I'm saying Iron Man could have been a little bit better. I always forget about Superman because he's boring. I don't. I understand. I understand why people like Superman, and I, I don't particularly not like Superman. But for me, yeah, it's the same thing. Ken, it's boring. It's when you have somebody who's essentially impossibly you know invincible it takes a lot out of it and i get he's not invincible i get there's so many heartbreaking things in the background yes his planet's been destroyed and everything else it's just it, it's not my cup of tea i don't know the same people who have fangirl things for superman are the same people who hate captain marvel for the same reason oh she's a mary sue nothing can beat her because there's she always has something well yeah same with superman they're both not an inspired superhero but anyway yeah anyways (laughs) yeah i guess there was superman before that but like this is there's not much in the way of superheroes being taken seriously i'm thinking more along the lines of that captain uh nope iron man movie they made early 80s yes yes i was wondering if you're gonna go there or the fantastic four oh god no that they made (laughs) no that's not (laughs) that movie is forever doomed to just not get a good one i I don't know what's going on with that series (laughs) but anyways i am going to say this and i will die on this hill in the same vein as spider-man in which i just recently had a conversation with a friend i feel that toby Maguire was the absolute best peter parker andrew garfield was hands down the best spider-man yep and then tom holland was a great mix between the two I feel like for Batman, 
this is my absolute first choice for Bruce Wayne. Oh, for sure. I feel like Michael Keaton as Bruce Wayne is incredible. I wouldn't say the same thing as Batman. I do like him as Batman. He's not my favorite Batman, but he's still good. But I will say that if anybody tried to challenge me on who's the best Bruce Wayne, I would throw down for Keaton in a heartbeat. I feel like for me, it's a real toss up between, oh my God, I'm having the biggest brain fart right now. Between <laughs> Michael Keaton Michael and West. who is this recently Batman? Not Robert Pattinson, not not Christian Bale. Bale. Christian Bale. Between those two, See, Christian Bale, I felt was too serious. Like they had a couple goofy scenes where it's like, oh, he's smarmy because he's got girls on his arms. It lost sight of that so quickly. Yeah, it did. And it really did become he was Batman even when he wasn't in the costume. This really feels like Michael Keaton is Bruce Wayne when he's not in the costume because he's just charming, sophisticated guy. He's got charisma. People like him. And then when he puts the suit on, he's a hard ass. I mean, he doesn't change his voice as much, but yeah, exactly. It's just, there's an obvious (laughs) change between the two. The suit comes off, he's one person. The suit goes on, he's a different person. With Christian Bale's Batman, I love that trilogy so much. But I do feel like after a very, very tiny amount of time, it became the same character regardless of whether or not. No, after Dark Knight, like after the first movie. Yes, after Dark. Immediately after the first movie, like there was the first movie, there was enough, and then the subsequent films, you couldn't really tell the difference between the two characters, and I don't know if that was intentional. Yeah, I don't know. I think what they might have been going for, and maybe this is a comic book thing, and I'm just going to make some stuff up real quick. (laughs) When Batman, when uh, not Batman, Bruce Wayne returns to Gotham, he feels like he has to fill in this uh, swarmy uh, billionaire role, and as it goes on, he slowly moves away from being the uh, playboy and more into his just being rich and supporting people who can help out the city through his money sort of thing. It did seem like he was trying to stop. He wanted to get rid of Batman through that entire series. He didn't want to keep on being Batman forever. He wanted the city to be able to take care of itself. Well, he went to Thomas Lennon, his doctor, and he's like, man, what are you doing that your your body looks like it's 72, but you're only 35? Whatever the line yeah. was. It was funny. I liked it because I like Thomas Lennon. Now... In the same vein, I don't know how I feel about this, and I am interested what your guys' take are, but I feel like nostalgia's driving this one. I want to say that Michael Goh is my favorite Alfred. Oh, God. Yeah. I, I mean, was going to say he's He's <laughs> such a, like the epitome of Alfred, and I believe that's how... God, who played Alfred and Christian Bale? Uh, I should know this. My... Uh, Michael, Michael, Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Based a Michael lot. Caine. The tale of yeah. two Michaels. Morgan Freeman? <laughs> Morgan. Oh, Morgan Freeman was like his cue. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah, uh, Fox. Lucius Fox, yeah. But I, if I remember correctly, um, Kane based a lot of his Alfred mannerisms on the Burton film Alfred. And a bunch of the comics because Kane read a bunch of the Batman comics when he was younger. I thought he cr- helped create Oh, Kane! <laughs> I got lost in my own head there for a second. I thought we were talking about Bob Kane. I was like, no shit, he read Batman. He helped create it. And I, I am saying very vindictively, helped. Because that jackass didn't come up with it on his own. But anyways. Um, yeah, no. This Alfred is... To me, second only to the one from the animated series, because the animated series, Alfred's badass who, you know, he'll fly in the Batwing to come grab 
Batman and things like that. He's always looking out for Bruce, but it's the same. There's thing. so much more depth to that that Alfred. Like he's more than a secondary character. Exactly. There's a lot more time to bake him in. Yeah. Oh, there's there is so much that I could go off go off on with Alfred, man. Like, <laughs> like there's. Oh, I I can't though. We don't have time. This movie explores too many characters, though. It, it does. does. It really does. So you don't have time for a good Alfred. Can any of you tell me whether or not this is the only movie where Alfred actually bottles? <laughs> no, he's pretty good at bottling all the way through. All the way through, is a good bottle. That's what I like about Michael Goh's take on it, because he's, he's not only a butler, but he's also a parental figure for Bruce, and that really comes through shining through with his acting. Michael Caine was close, yes. I liked the nurturing moments that he had. But Michael Go to me, just more so feels like he's trying to be a parent for Bruce while still trying to look out for his interests. Yeah. Like, he'd be the first one to come into his room and scold him to turn the TV down, but then he'd be outside, you know, fixing up the Batmobile so he could go kick ass. Like, I I love this guy. I love him so much as, as Alfred. And he was also the only interesting part of any of the dates that Batman was on. Yes. <laughs> yes. I actually love that scene. I, I love the scene where Bruce Wayne and, and uh, Vicky have to go into the kitchen because the table's too damn long. And it just turns into this more peaceful, more connected, you know, down-to-earth setting between them and Alfred just sitting at a table laughing about shit. It's it's a, it's a nice character take. And again, that's so well done between Alfred and, and Bruce. I, I love these two actors as those roles. Are you trying to say Bob was one too many characters here, uh, Joe? Uh, there are a lot of forgettable characters in this movie. Oh, God. If they aren't... Eckert? The reporter that no one cares about. It's... Yeah, yeah, the one that's jealous because Bruce Wayne's getting Vicky. He yeah. thought by acting like a smarmy jackass he'd get in her pants eventually, but here she is falling for someone who's nice to her. <laughs> Just... Terrible character. Terrible character. It kind of remind me of uh, Ellis from from Die Hard a little bit, except for he didn't get killed. So I'm glad they didn't try to make us care about Knox, like put him in a situation <laughs> where he might die, like because and you're like, oh, okay, this is life. Yeah, let him got him, let him die. Yeah. Well, I mean, the movie doesn't even flesh out the fact that the Joker killed hundreds, if not thousands, of people downtown before Batman could pull the balloons away. Yeah, there's there's that. Oh man, the the scene where the uh, <laughs> The scene where he just comes out and starts gunning everything down on the on the staircase of the court. It's just like, uh, you know, that's that's a great part, too. Like, I, I loved all those individual scenes and how it shows, like, we never really got to address the death count, the toll of what the Joker was actually doing to Gotham, other than just, here's this goofy man that Batman's got to yeah, stop. but Gotham doesn't care. Death is incarnate. And that's where I was going to go, is that... It's a toll that isn't a big deal to Gotham because Gotham has so many people in it. And this is such a regular affair that they're like, whatever, a few hundred people died. It, it This is Wednesday. That is so unbelievably true. And that is such good freaking black comedy right there. It's just, oh man. And we, we never got to see a Billy D. Harvey Dent turn into Two-Face. Which pisses that me off. That would have been amazing. Oh, 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 oh. That would have been good. Billy D was underused. Well, he actually sued later on. What did he sue over? He sued because it was in the contract that he would eventually play um, Two Face. Play Two Face, and when they cast Tommy Lee Jones, he fucking like flew off the handle. So yeah, I mean, I I would be pissed. He waited how many years, and then they just decided to cast Tommy Lee Jones out of nowhere. Would have been such a cool Two Face, but all we got was Harvey Dent, which wasn't bad. But it was definitely a tertiary character in this movie. Yeah, too many characters to flesh out who Harvey Dent is. It's just dangling for people who know who he is. 
And due to the extraordinary length at which we talked about the movie Batman, we will take a break here to pause and continue the conversation in two weeks when we return to Rewind again.